You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Atlanta Braves with MLB.com's Braves beat reporter, Mark Bowman. Mark, it, it, you, you kind of knew coming up on this stretch of schedule that it would it would tell a lot about the Braves, and they're still fairly early in a fairly tough stretch, but I think it's fair to say it's been pretty sobering. Um, how does this little slide here recently change the way, because we've talked a good bit about how they approach the deadline, buyer-seller, probably not conventionally either one, but as they've fallen a little further out and the odds look a little longer, how does it change the way they view the next month? I think what it does is probably – prevents them from being conflicted uh, as we approach the, the trade deadline. As you said, this has been a very tough stretch. With the, you play, they've played uh, within a nine-game stretch. They faced the, the Nationals and Pirates, and right before that, they were very fortunate that their pitching proved to be strong enough uh, against the Mets' three starters when they threw uh, Harvey, Syndergaard, and um, DeGrom at them um, there in that series. They ended up sweeping that, and at that point in time, they're there are 500 people saying, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, if nothing else, this stretch has, has probably confirmed that uh, this is, you know, a 500 team at best, a, a team that, that has, has improved from an organizational standpoint uh, significantly uh, when you look at their pipeline. And I think if, if they would have stayed 500, uh, stayed in contention there, um, you know, they, they might have been conflicted with, you know, okay, do we give up a piece here or there just to, to make a run at things, um, you know, in July. So I, I think that um, maybe, you know, this might have been a blessing in disguise, if, if nothing else. Last week uh, you mentioned, not that they would be shopping them, but you mentioned both Cameron Mabin and Julio Tehran and maybe even Jose Peraza as potential trade pieces. Um, how do they view guys like that as as – they approach the deadline, and, and in, in the case particularly of, of Tehran and and, uh, and Maven, are those guys, if they were to move, maybe more off-season pieces than, than July pieces? Yeah, I think that those are pieces that, that you're open to moving uh, in July, but at the same time you take a step back and realize that you're probably going to get much more value for them. Uh, or maybe, maybe there will be uh, much more access to the kind of player that you're looking for for them, because these are not players you're just moving to move. I mean, it's not like you're moving contracts. You're not, um, you know, Toronto has certainly struggled. While Maven's value has, has risen this year, um, Toronto has decreased. But, but the reason you're going to be moving these guys is you need a power bat in this lineup. They do not have a power bat coming uh, anytime soon at the minor league level. We've talked about Braxton Davidson being the, the, the next in line, and he, he's at the at low A right now. So, uh, he's a few years away. They they need to go get a power bat to, uh, uh, to put in this lineup, not only to to you know just to, to provide some home run potential, but to provide some protection for Freddie Freeman when when he is uh, uh, over the next few years. That that maximizes his value. So uh, I do expect that if if they're going to make one of those guys, uh, it, that the best the best option to find what you're looking for in exchange would come during the off season. Uh, has the, the view on Tehran tilted at all? We, we spent a lot of this year talking about how puzzling he was, how sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad. And I think the sort of broad descriptor that we've used talking about Tehran this year is just, is just puzzling, confusing what's going on. Is that starting to tilt to maybe there's just, 
really is just something wrong here? Yeah, you know, it, it is very confusing to, to look at all his splits, the home road splits, and I, and I, I haven't put a lot of uh, bearing on those. Uh, this week I, I touched on it in a story I wrote um, just because it, you know, I didn't want I was thinking it might have just been coincidence, but, but it, you know, you, you've got the home road splits. You've got, you know, two mediocre starts to compare, and then all of a sudden there, there's a pretty good one. I, I, I think at the end of the day what we need to remember is this. The only thing we can deduce from what Toronto has done this year is he's not going to be an ace. He is, and I think there's a lot of people that would have told you that before the season. He is a legitimate number two. Maybe he's more like a number three, uh, number four, which, you know, that he still has some value. What I think, why has this happened? You know, early in his minor league career, when he was touted as one of the top pitching prospects, he'd throw 94-95. That arm strength has gone away. He seems to I've talked to some former pitchers, and there's been a few that they hang around here. Um, you know that that have talked that said they they just think he's lost his identity when he started relying so heavily on the two seam fastball. Um, he started shying away from the four seamer. Uh, the two seamer has not been anywhere near as effective this year, especially when you look at what left handers have done against him. That that pitch has run over the middle of the plate. You know, here here's a kid who he's still just 24 years old. They, you know, can he be an effective pitcher at the big league level for many years to come? Yes. You just, from a Braves perspective, when they're looking to deal him, they have to ask the question is, where is his value going to go? Right now, you feel like you might, you would be uh, selling low on him. But, you know, as I mentioned uh, recently, you just have to wonder if that value is ever going to come up. It, because, you know, recent history here uh, in Atlanta, we, we saw what happened with Jair Jurgens and, and, uh, Tommy Hansen. I'm not saying that, that Tehran is on that same exact path, but you, you do have to, uh, you know, evaluate the possibility that the, his value could, could drop significantly, just like theirs did, and not come back. On the flip side, there's a lot of encouragement here lately about Alex Wood, and, and he, he's such an interesting guy to me because. He's done nothing but succeed at the big league level, and yet I think for a long time there was still this, yeah, but, yeah, how long does he keep doing it? Yeah, is he really a front-line starter for the long term? And it seems like just, just hearing people talk about him, just reading what you and other people write about him, again, this is a guy where it seems like maybe the narrative is changing a little bit. Maybe there is a little more belief that, hey, maybe this really is what Alex Wood is going to be. Uh, is that a kind of accurate way to describe what he's doing this year? I think the I think the doubts about his potential as a starter certainly have, uh, you know, evaporated. Uh, you know, I, I think people are starting to buy into it. You know, when when he first started, uh, made an impression of spring training. You asked the scouts, uh, "This is his very first spring training," and they said, "Oh, that delivery. I don't know. He's going to, you know, he he may get be an injury risk." Okay. Well, look, they're all injury risks. We've seen clean deliveries. We've seen sloppy deliveries. They, 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 there's always a risk there. He's gone through 50 stars. And one thing I, I you know, have got to know about Alex Wood is, is he is a great competitor. When he went to the University of Georgia, he was not, you know, maybe not the most highly touted guy. His first career start uh, in college, he goes up against Garrett Cole, ends up Georgia wins that game. Um, you know, and Garrett Cole was going to be drafted number one overall a few months later. He, he's a guy who, you know, he, he kind of uh, – he doesn't necessarily pitch with a chip on his shoulder, but at the same time, he, he's, he likes to prove his doubters wrong. He, uh, 
he worked on his mechanics, you know, in, in front of a mirror for between his sophomore uh, and junior season there at, um, at Georgia. He, when he explains it, how he, how he used a, a towel and just went through everything because, look, he understands his, his delivery is awkward, but what he wanted to do was say, hey, look, if I get to the, the same exact point, doesn't matter how I get there, but if I get to that point where my release point uh, is lined up where my leg is where uh, a traditional delivery would be, my arm's going to be, he worked on that for hours and, and days, uh, weeks, whatever, um, during, during that year and, and made himself a better pitcher. I, I think that here's a guy who who's definitely has the potential. Right now I'd say he's a solid number three, has the potential to be a, a very effective uh, number two for many years to come. You hear just because of the delivery, and I don't want to put him in this category, but, but that, that deceptive delivery of Chris Sale, that, that adds to some of his success, so. Like I said, I'm not putting him in Chris Sale's category, but that that does uh, it is a has helped him the deception within his delivery. And that's one of the things we learn more and more about is that is that velocity certainly matters, but when you start picking up that velocity, also matters a lot. Um, there's there's still as of now some question about the back of that Braves rotation. As of now, uh, it's really only a four man rotation. One of them is a guy who's made I think two big league starts. Uh, I wonder what do they do at the back of the rotation now, and uh, is it too soon to be thinking about Mike Fultonevich again there? Well, I, I my thought on Mike Fultonevich is that they have to get him up there, get back up here at some point this season to get him in the in their eyes. Now, what will or right now you, you've got a rotation of uh, that has two rookies in it. We're with Manny Banuelos making his uh, major league debut. Um, there on Thursday against the, the Nationals, Matt Whistler just made his major league debut two weeks ago. So, uh, two guys that uh, you know they're going to they're going to going to find out who they are. Mike Fultonevich, just like he did that one month before he was sent down, there were not any any plans to send Fultonevich down. Um, you know, Braves were were going to allow him to take his lumps, uh, but at the same time, uh, it was uh, basically his. His demotion to Gwinnett was as much a in, for insubordination as anything because he he walked off the field during that side session at, at Fenway Park and uh, you know the Braves just kind of felt like and, and even you know that wasn't the last straw. It's just when they started talking to him, they're looking in his eyes and they're just not seeing that fire. So they had to had to you know use one of their weapons, which was obviously uh, send the kid down. Um, and he had some things to work on. I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. He had some things to work on. But I think they would have allowed him to, to continue to work on those things at the big league level, uh, knowing that there would be some inconsistency. Uh, but at some point this year, yeah, I, I do think that they have to get him back up here where he fits in the rotation. Uh, probably depends on how uh, not only uh, Whistler will, will perform, you got Banuelos who will make a few starts and then probably go to the bullpen because he's on innings limit it will be influenced on how Williams Perez comes back from his foot injury. But uh, at the same time, I think if you're looking long-term future, who you want to look at uh, down the stretch, obviously I think that they, though Williams Perez has been very successful, uh, I think that, uh, that they'll probably tend to, to want to try to give Fulton every chance he can if there is an opening or if, if you know Perez gives them a reason to uh, remove him from the rotation there after the break. Good stuff. Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks for ready for listening. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.